Ed, my name is Neil Hubacher, and I serve as the director of Cornerstone's Church Ambassador Network. And my passion is to connect the leaders of government with the leaders of God's people, because both those institutions, don't you know, church and state, are actually God's idea. And when they get together, a lot of good can come, both from public all the way into private life. And that's the ministry that God's given me, and it's a joy to, to execute that. And that's actually how I got to know Mark very early on. been doing this for about two and a half years, and uh, just I'm so grateful for him, for Richie. I'm grateful for you. It's just fun to be with you. I haven't been with you in this capacity, I think, for two years. So I'm recognizing some familiar faces, um, and it's good to see some new ones. But it was October of 2018 when I came and shared the word with you. So it's just a joy to be back with you. Again, if it's not patently obvious, we are living in some really bizarre, unusual, unprecedented times, are we not? We've got a pandemic going on. And I should say, I actually was on a group call with about, as a very diverse, religiously uh, diverse group of leaders with Dr. Benjamin Chan, who's our state epidemiologist, really good guy. I have a lot of confidence in him, and I don't, I don't envy his position right now. Obviously, he knows that we're not trying to be like New Zealand. We're not going to eradicate coronavirus in New Hampshire, but he's trying to weigh everything out. And he's a little bit concerned. It's so good that the numbers in New Hampshire are quite low. Is this, as far as this is concerned, that's a good thing. But he's concerned because earlier than he would have thought, the trend is going upward, especially in Hillsborough and Rockingham counties, you know, southern New Hampshire. So he's a little bit worried. But my point is, is, hey, it's going on and it's not going away anytime soon, right? Obviously, we're in this period of incredible civil unrest Right? God is bringing to the surface again a lot of America's issues with racism. And then coupled with that is the law and order, uh, you know, people throwing off the fetters of law and order, the anarchy. You know, cities are burning in the United States. And the Bible says that anarchy and the Antichrist are similar things. I'm just saying that the spirit behind the fact that some of our cities are burning is not a good thing, is it? It's not good. We've got a, quite a contentious election coming up really quickly. And in the middle of that, we drop a Supreme Court nomination. And oh my gosh, this country is being pulled apart at its seams. I don't know about you, but it just makes me long for the time that Isaiah prophesied. We usually get to the scripture more at Christmas time, but unto us a son is born. The government will be on his shoulders, right? He's the prince of peace. And of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. That's what I'm longing for, aren't you? I just want King Jesus to come and take it because he'll do a way better job than any of our people, right? But we're not there yet. And God's got a plan. And Jesus, the bridegroom, he's got a plan for his bride. So what comfort can we take right now, right? In this very hour, two weeks before, you know, no matter what the results are, come November 3rd or November 4th, there's gonna be some contention, won't there be? We need to care about voting, as I've indicated, but my goodness, Whatever world we step into November 4th, or gosh, maybe November 11th, I don't know, by the time everything gets sorted, we need Jesus, right? What is he saying to us? Well, one of the things that I believe he's saying to us, and where I've been meditating a lot lately, and I'm just going to share with you really this meditation briefly, is from Psalm 2. Psalm 2 is speaking, I think, four really great things to us right now. So if you're not there already, just get Psalm 2, and we're just going to walk through little by little. Psalm 2. We're gonna, it's great. It's just already divided so neatly into four little moves, uh, four acts, if you will. It's almost like the curtain rises and falls four times, four different scenes. Let's start with this first scene. 
Psalm 2, verses 1 to 3. Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, let us burst their bonds apart and cast away their cords from us. Now, the Old Testament context here is that King David had conquered peoples around Israel and was kind of in a vassal or like a feudal relationship with them where you know, he provided safety for them and they provided taxes and resources to the people of Israel. And you can hear that some of those other nations, those Gentiles, those non-Israelite people were throwing off the fetters saying, bah, we don't want King David anymore. We'll do our own way. And they're raging. Does that not look so much like what's going on today? Translated to today, the laws of God. We know what's good. We know that life is good. We know that it's God who creates people, male and female. We know that lawlessness is not helpful for people. It's not God's design for our culture, for us to live in lawlessness. And yet, left and right, turn on the news today on any, regardless of your preferred slant of what channel you watch, we see lawlessness. People are throwing off the fetters of God, the restraints of God. So I'd say the first thing, though, that I take from Psalm 2 from this part is God's not surprised. This isn't God's first rodeo. Nations have risen. Nations have fallen for thousands of years, for millennia. He's pretty not surprised. Amen? And proceeding into the next group, verses four to six. What's his response? This is where we can get really encouraged. Is he upset? Is he getting nervous? Is he uh, squeezing his little um, stress ball? He who sits in the heavens laughs. The Lord holds them in derision. Then he will speak to them in his wrath and terrify them in his fury, saying, as for me, I have set my king on Zion, my holy hill. God's up there and he's laughing. Now remember, we we need the whole counsel of scripture to get the full character of God. But what I take from this is, hey, America is being torn apart at the seams But God's pretty zen about the whole thing. (laughs) There's a part of who he is that is somewhat chill. Because he's just so darn big. I mean, do you see what he manages in the universe, kind of day to day? My kids and I actually sat down and watched this, I don't know, some some TV uh, piece on light. And we learned that by the time, you know, we got up this morning, I was driving on my way here from Hollis, up the Everett, up, up to 93, 93. And the light that I was seeing actually started, of course, it started in our sun. Nuclear fusion happened. And do you know that the photons of light that emit from the sun, they've spent, scientists are trying to figure it out, but somewhere between a couple hundred thousand years and maybe millions of years. Okay, Don't, we're not getting into new earth, old earth right now, but I'm just saying those photons bang around inside the sun for a long time. Because if they came right out, they'd actually kill us. They'd be gamma rays. But they come out, and then these photons emit from the sun. Takes about, I, I forgot the number, 7, 9, 11, 13, I don't know, a few minutes to get to Earth. And I get happy because there's light. And my vitamin D gets excited. My point is, you see what I'm saying? Like, God is just so darn big. We're talking about one sun, one solar system, and he's running the whole universe. He is so big. Can he not handle you and I and the affairs of men on the earth? 
Did not Jesus say that not a sparrow goes without God's knowledge and he has the hairs of our head numbered? Where is our faith right now? God's at peace. We just sang about it, did we not? Saints and angels sing, right? We know from Revelation 4 and from other places in Revelation, we know what's going on in heaven. Well, God's laughing a little bit about people who are rebellion, who are rebelling. He's enjoying the fact that he's being worshiped. You know, every few moments, 24 elders throw down their crowns. Things are good in heaven. You know what I'm saying? And of course, we pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, because we want that same zen. I'm just, please don't misunderstand me. I think you get me. But we want the same peace, the same shalom to come. But why is he laughing? I think he's laughing because of like verse six. As for me, I've set my king on Zion, my holy hill. In other words, he's laughing because he already knows the solution. And we know the solution. The solution is Jesus Christ in the hearts of women and men. The king of kings coming to rule and reign in the hearts of men. That's when we'll see his reign come on earth as it is in heaven. Amen? Amen. We know that. So Psalm 2 tells me it's not God's first rodeo. Psalm 2 tells me he's pretty chill. Things are erupting on, on, on Capitol Hill. They're erupting here in Concord. But he's pretty chill. He's not worried. So we don't need to be either. Are you with me? All right, the third thing that he's saying. This is pretty awesome. Let's go through the next little group of three here. Uh, seven through nine. He says this. I will tell of the decree. He's kind of saying, thus saith the Lord. I will tell the decree. The Lord said to me, you are my son. Today I've begotten you. Ask of me and I will make the nations your heritage and the ends of the earth your possession. You shall break them with a rod of iron and dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Let me just read those again. And of course, we have to get through from the Old Testament lens to now the Jesus lens on this. It says, I will tell of the decree. The Lord said to me, you are my son. Today I've begotten you. Ask of me and I will make the nations your heritage, the ends of the earth your possession. You shall break them with a rod of iron and dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Psalm 2 is known as one of about seven royal psalms. In other words, these are the psalms that talk about the king of Israel and his special relationship with God. Not like the priest. The priests have their special relationship with God, but the kings also had a special relationship with God. They revealed God's leadership and they had a special connection with God. And of course, we know that it's through that Davidic line, you know, from Judah. Uh, he's the line of the tribe of Judah, Jesus is called. You know, Jesus is from this Davidic line. We know that we, as followers of Jesus, are in Christ. Jesus calls us co-heirs. In other words, we're inheriting the very kingdom that he is bringing about. We get to inherit it with him. Do we deserve it? Absolutely not. You know, I was actually just praying this morning and I said, our father who art in heaven, and I just stopped dead in my tracks and I thought, isn't that amazing? Jesus really is the only one, only one in all of history who deserves, has the capacity to call God father, my father. But in his joy of sharing that relationship, he says, you brothers and sisters, I want you to call him our father because that's Jesus' pleasure is that it's not just him and, and God, but he wants whosoever will to enjoy that relationship. Amen, are you following me? Because what I'm saying here is, you are my son, today I've begotten you. In other words, King David is saying, um, 
I have a special relationship with God the Father. And I, by God's goodness, I get to rule over these nations because that's part of the plan here for, for good. I'm ruling over these nations that God's given me for good. And now we put on our New Testament lens. And of course, we apply this to Jesus Christ, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. And we can say, thank you, Lord. Jesus, begotten of the Father. And Jesus is worthy of all the inheritance of the nations. Are you with me? And of course, we're not dashing them to pieces. That's the Old Testament part in Christ King of kings, Lord of lords. He has an inheritance in the nations and the peoples. His joy, his privilege is to have these saints in Jamaica worshiping him, those saints in Algeria worshiping him, those saints in China, North Korea, South Korea worshiping him. It started a few hours ago today on Sunday. Imagine in Fiji and Australia, several hours ago, and they started to worship the Lord. And as the earth turned, here we are. We're kind of on the tail end here on the day worshiping Jesus. A few more hours from now, our friends on the West Coast worshiping Jesus. And that's God's privilege, right? So what I'm saying here is, what's the third thing God is saying? This is a royal psalm. It's a psalm of David's relationship, a king's relationship to God, and by proxy, our relationship through King Jesus. What David is talking about here is his identity. He knows who he is. He's the king. And I'm saying to you, saints, we need to know who we are in this hour. That's what I'm finally getting to here. God is speaking identity here. You're the king, David. Jesus, you're the king. Saints, you and me, we are part of the kingdom. We are co-heirs, co-regents with Christ. And we need to know that right now because then we'll act like it, right? While the rest of their world, of the world, loses their minds, we... We don't disengage from culture. We don't hide. We don't get in a cave. But at the same time, we don't scream the same things the world are screaming. Instead, we proclaim Jesus Christ, King of kings, Lord of lords, who rescued my soul and has a plan for the nations. I'm not worried. I'm engaged. But I'm engaged from a place of, I'm a son. I'm a daughter. I'm a child of, of God. Are you with me? This is so key in this hour because if we miss our identity, then we misrepresent the king. If we miss that we're ambassadors, 2 Corinthians 5, right? We've been given a ministry of reconciliation, have we not? In this hour, oh my goodness, does this nation need reconciliation? Absolutely. We bring the spirit of reconciliation by who we are in your neighborhood, in your family, in your home, in your workplace because of who you are. Plenty of opportunity to bring about that spirit of reconciliation. Obviously reconciling God, man to God first, but also reconciling left and right. Black and white, Hispanic, all part of God's family. Amen? We carry this with us. So let's not forget who we are. And then lastly, this last section, 10 to 12, last thing that he's reminding us. Now therefore, O kings, be wise. Be warned, O rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear. Rejoice with trembling. Kiss the sun, meaning pay homage to the sun, lest he be angry and you perish in the way. For his wrath is quickly kindled. And then this final line here that gives us our marching orders as we leave here today. It says, blessed are all who take refuge in him. So this isn't God's first rodeo. God's chill. He's, he's not freaking out, okay? Third thing is, he's telling us who we are. He's reminding us who he is and he's telling us who we are, identity, right? Yeah. 
And the fourth thing that I gather from this last little group of verses is that God is coming to judge, okay? That's another thing that can give us peace. You know, we should have the fear of the Lord for ourselves. But remember that God will judge all injustice. I mean, true injustice, he will judge. He is coming to judge. What did Paul say? Knowing the fear of the Lord, he persuaded men. That's our mental too. Knowing the fear of the Lord, because we actually, you know, we ideally, we're walking in the fear of the Lord. It's the beginning of real wisdom, right? Because we walk in the fear of the Lord, we persuade men with gentleness and respect is how Peter said it in 1 Peter 5, I believe. 1 Peter 2, sorry, 15. That's what we're to do. Kiss the sun. Pay homage. Philippians tells us that every knee will bow. All the screaming voices in our culture, one day, just a little, there's a little time between now and then, but one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. The question is, will they do it as a love response now or will they do it at a time of judgment and regret? And that's where you and I come in. So what are we to do? Well, again, let's look at that last line. Blessed are all who take refuge in him. So actually, if you follow the Proverbs, that's, that was today's devotional reading. Proverbs 18, 10 is, the name of the Lord is a strong tower, right? The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and are kept safe. So what are we to do? You know, I'm asking the Lord every day, what am I to do? This is a little bit nuts. It's a little crazy. I don't like it. <laughs> I, just want, I want everything to be okay. I want your shalom. And God says, there's really two parts to this. He said, blessed you know, the name of the Lord is a safe tower. Righteous run into and are safe. So what's our job first? Let's just keep doing this. We got to keep running to Jesus because, because I guarantee that people are going to wonder what we're running to. Why are we also not losing our minds like our king? They're going to wonder why. That, that, that's coming. You know, we're salt, we're light. We're making people thirsty for Jesus. So we come in. But what I, wouldn't, what I don't believe God's saying is, you know, blessed are those who take refuge in him. So just run away from the world. But as I've already kind of alluded to, God is bringing people to himself now. Okay, people are asking, people are turning. You know, I'm not able to share here in this venue all the wonderful things that are going on with state elected officials because when they're getting connected to saints and they are encountering Christ. Okay, those are the juicy stories I can't share because it's really up to them to share when they're ready. But I'm just telling you, God's moving among our people. You won't see it in the conquered uh, monitor, right? You're not going to see it in the union leader. You're not going to see it in the keen sentinel. You're not going to see it in those places. But on HNN, Heavenly News Network, it's going on and it's going down and you're a part of it, right? And whether we see it or not, we walk by faith and we believe that God's moving in people. Is he not? He's drawn people to himself all the time and that's what we're about. So that's our job right now. We are to be blessed. We take refuge in him and we're bringing others with us. Amen just by living life simply like we know to do. Welcome to Church Online. My name is Pastor Mark, and I just want to say thank you for taking the time to join us in watching our services online. Maybe you can't be at our location today and you're watching this from home or on the road. We just want to say thank you for tuning in. And maybe you can't get to a physical location at Grace Capital Church, then this becomes part of your regular routine to do church live on your computer or on your device, we want to say, invite some friends with you. 
Do church together. Life is so much better together and discovering what God has for us is meant to be done in community. Gather people together and enjoy these services for weeks to come. Thank you for watching.